This is the Omnichannel Marketer, the show where we get real about what it takes to build a brand, create a seamless omnichannel experience, and drive customer LTV across D2C, Amazon, and retail. I'm Kate Stevens, the CEO of Bridge. Join me for unfiltered conversations from the trenches of e-commerce. We'll unpack strategy and leave you with tactical advice you can use today to drive your business forward. Let's rock and roll. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Omnichannel Marketer. This is your host, Kate Stevens, and I'm excited to welcome to the show today, Leslie Danford, founder of Vitamin E's. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for having me. So to kick things off, why don't you, you know, start with a little bit of your own personal background and you know, how you came to found this brand? Yeah, thank you. So I started in, I guess, a pretty traditional post-MBA career. So I worked in consulting with Bain & Company for about six years. Then I worked at Beam Suntory, which is an alcoholic beverage company, for about four years. And then around that time, my career started going a little haywire. So I left Bain to join a hotel company in 2019. The pandemic came in 2020. I got laid off from that role. And that really led me to start Vitamin E's. But it was really something that I thought about doing since, probably since like 2015 when I was at the beverage company. I had on my computer a list of ideas of things that I would see come through that I thought, you know, somebody should really do something about these things. And I'd always thought about doing something. So it kind of all came together in the pandemic. Okay. Well, tell me more about Vitamin E's. So Vitamin E's is a functional food and beverage brand. We um, have two initial products. They're little juice shots. One of them is for immune support, vitamin C, zinc, and magnesium for your immune system. And the other one is gut health, probiotics, and fiber for your gut. They're a clean label, no added sugar, gluten-free, dairy-free, et cetera. And one day, would love the brand to be a whole platform of mini bites, mini sips, all food and beverage based, very clean to get people the nutrition they need. And so where does the the mini side come from? You know, I just, I think it's just easy to be honest with you. I'm not a fan. So I get the, where it all started, I've always been like very focused on nutrition, thinking about how to meet nutritional needs. During the pandemic, when I was laid off, it was really hard. I was like thrown in with my family. I had three kids at the time. I was out of work. I was like preparing all these meals. It's really hard to get kids to eat vegetables, even for myself thinking about like, am I getting all the nutrients to you know, make, make sure my immune system is functioning right, et cetera. And I really didn't like the other alternatives that were out there, like pills. I've never liked, they make me nauseous. And if you actually look at the ingredients, there's weird stuff in there that's actually made for manufacturing. Gummies full of sugar. And I thought like I wanted a natural food and beverage solution, but it has to be easy and convenient. And that's where the mini comes in, like something you can just quickly take, quickly pop in. Like, I don't think at least for me, I'm not, I'm not going to want to drink like 32 ounces of stuff or like mix and measure or like eat a whole bunch of different. It's just hard. I'm not going to be juicing my own fruits. So that's where the mini came in, like a mini size for convenience. Makes complete sense. And so where did you launch your brand first and why, like from a channel perspective? So we started online. And I think that the fact that it was during the pandemic, that was a no-brainer. I mean, that's where everybody was going at that time. So I launched on my own website in July of 2021. And then I ended up launching on Amazon in September of 21. It took a couple months. My product was lost by Amazon for a very long time and I had a whole bunch of hiccups. That's like a whole different story. So then it was online only between the website and Amazon for 18 months. And finally at the end of 2022, I realized 
I had not done any paid consumer acquisition just because of the cost of it. It was really challenging. And I realized that I was not going to get this brand to scale unless I went in retail. So I launched in retail at the end of last year. Okay. So tell me more about, you know, how you think about retail and, you know, adding scale there. So retail is a no brainer for scale. I mean, it, within like immediately when I started doing it, it, the volumes eclipsed what I had been doing online, but it's challenging because you don't really have those direct consumer relationships anymore. And so, you know, yes, the volume is there initially, but it's really a challenge to make sure that you are continuing to drive those velocities you know, getting into retail is like step one. So I think it has definitely shifted a lot of my attention over to that side. It's a very expensive channel to operate in. So I ended up, originally I was bootstrapped. I'm now, I had a friends and family round to facilitate retail expansion. But I do think all brands now have to be, every, you have to be in both places. I really think it's hard to imagine not being both online and in stores. Why do you think that's like a, a need to be? I just think that's how consumers are shopping now. You know, um, online only is tough because the way you reach people is typically through social media, paid advertising. It is so cluttered, so expensive. I don't know about you, but I, I see so many ads now. It's just like, ugh, I'm over it. And sometimes it still gets me and I still buy the stuff. It's really hard, I think, to be an online only brand these days. I think the mm-hmm. days of like really getting enough volume at a good price to be ROI positive, those days seem to be over, at least in my experience. And I think in-store only is also challenging because consumers are on their phones, they're on the computer, they're looking up your reviews online, they're checking out your website. A lot of people want subscriptions. Like I have a lot of consumers that have tried vitamins like it and then they just want it delivered to them. Mm-hmm. So I just think in, if you're not doing both, you're leaving a lot on the table. Mm-hmm. And um, at first, you know, during the pandemic, I thought the days of in-person shopping were over, but that's definitely not the case. Like people are back in stores, especially for food and beverage. They're back in stores. They're not really shopping online for that stuff. And so what are some of the ways right now you're, you know, thinking about bridging the gap between the, you know, all of your different channels? Yeah, it is an ongoing challenge. So um, email has been a big focus for me. I'm very interested in email. I think it offers a more like engaged way to talk to consumers. So as opposed to social media where someone's just numbing themselves, scrolling or mindless scrolling, it's like they click on your email, they read it, they want to engage with you. They've asked to get your emails specifically. So email's big. And the way I've been sort of bridging that gap is using a lot of my in-person events to collect those emails. Mm-hmm. So initially when I started sampling, I wasn't collecting emails. Then I kind of developed this QR code sign that I put on my table, but nobody was using it now. And I've done now like over a hundred samplings. So this is like a evolution. Now I just get the emails. So I'm like, you want, you want a sample? Give me your email. And if people don't want to scan it, I'll put it in for them. And it's funny. Like I think people are often willing. They just, they don't want to get their phone out, scan it, whatever. But that to me is a great way to bridge the gap because then somebody has tasted it, which is huge. I think in beverages in general, at least when I was at Beam, liquid to lips was a huge driver of sales. But in this area too, because people think if it's good for you, it's going to taste horrible. So they have to try it. And the price point's not cheap. So they want they want to try it before they invest that money. But then once they've tried it and they like it, you've got to kind of keep bringing them back. You can't expect them to go back to the store and hunt you down and find you. You want to pop up in their inbox, remind them of, that they liked it and make it easy to buy it again. What content do you find like works well from the email engagement side? Yeah, we've been, go- that's an evolution as well. 
So the person who's managing my email, she's really big on product promotion, like buy now, 20% off, you know, that kind of thing. And that does convert. But, you know, after a while, it's like people are tired of it. Nobody wants to get hammered with sales messages all the time. And also, aside from that, you know, if people know you're on sale and they're always going to get an email 20% off, they're never going to buy your stuff at full price. So we've moved away from that. And I've actually leaned quite a bit into educational content, which we have a blog. Some of it is recipes, which are fun. And at certain times of year, like January, mocktails do really well, that kind of thing. But a lot of it is information about our active active ingredients, if you will. Like what does zinc do for you? What does magnesium do for you? Why should you worry about fiber? And there is so, so much content you can dig into there around, you know, new research that's coming out, how those ingredients help different populations. Maybe it's older populations, younger, whatever. And so we've been really leaning in on that. And it's really, it's funny. We've been looking at like what email content gets the best clicking and that kind of thing. And we just wrote it. We just wrote a blog the other day and pushed it through email about bloating and flatulence. <laughs> I got so many clicks and it's like, oh, great. You know, I, and I have three boys. So I'm like, oh, this is my life. But on the other nice. hand, you know, people are like, they're like, oh, I want to know how to deal with this. I want to know like what I can do. So I think that's like very informative. Like people have these real world challenges. And if you can kind of help them to learn about those things while, also on the side, you know, helping them understand what your product benefits are. That seems to be working really well. Mm, makes, a, makes a lot of sense. We see, you know, across the board, people want to engage with content that they care about and that, you know, adds value to their life. So completely understand why that's working for you. Where do you think, you know, Vitaminis really, you know, differentiates on the end-to-end brand experience? And how is, you know, how do you guys think about that? That is still, it's still an evolution, you know? I mean, the brand experience includes so many things and it's all just kind of been, it's all sort of been done at this point. (laughs) And I really struggle with it because it's like social media, yes, you got to have that. Email, yes, a lot of brands are doing that. Sampling, yes, you got to do that. But to actually differentiate in those ways is really, really tough. I think one thing that I would like to do a lot more of, and I'm kind of leaning into it right now, so it's something we're, we're working on thinking about, is how to engage with more functional experts in the space. So think like gut doctors, holistic wellness coaches, nutritionists, where they can kind of engage with the product and offer feedback and also kind of enhance this educational aspect of the brand for people. And then also, you know, build awareness through their own followings. And I'm trying to figure out how to crack that code because social media influencers are very, very difficult. You know, most of them are like lifestyle influencers, like mommy bloggers, that kind of thing. And that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like more almost like health professionals and they're not really the ones on TikTok. So Mm. where do you find them? How do you leverage them? That's kind of something I'm thinking through right now. What is the main demographic of your customer base and where do you find that they hang out? Yeah, that is, everything is a work in progress. (laughs) So it's funny, when I launched a product, I originally started with kids and very quickly realized most of the people that were buying my product, they may give it to their kids, but most of them were buying it and enjoying it themselves. And the kid market is so challenging for a number of reasons, but most people are not buying them $4 shots for their kids to sum it up. So then I kind of moved more into like the 35 to 55 year old woman. And that's when we got into core power yoga studios. We're now piloting in 10 core power yoga studios, hope to roll out to more. And we're finding a lot of those shoppers in, in the retail locations as well. 
But since I've gotten into fresh time and spent more time personally sampling, a lot of people that come up to my table are older. They're like 55 and up. They're sick of pills or they know they want to start, you know, we're thinking about their nutrition, their doctor's telling them to, but they're intimidated by all the pills and powders and gummies and things like that. And they're looking for something easy. So it's definitely adults, but in terms of like genders and ages, I'm still really narrowing in on that because I think there are a few populations. Another one is students. Our products have done really well in the Fresh Times and in the Core Power Studios near universities. And I've heard from people in those locations that those are the folks buying them. So I just need to like, I just need to figure that out. It's hard. How did you even identify those specific types of retailers? Like, you know, Core Power, Fresh Time, you know, how did you know that those could be a fit for your brand? So I first tried to think about discovery. Like that's how I kind of came to Fresh Time is, you know, when you're a new brand and Vitamines is not really like anything else on the market, if you were to put Vitamines at like a very traditional grocery store, like a Walmart, right off the bat, it's going to take a lot to get to people to understand. So I knew I wanted to be in stores where people are discovering new brands and natural grocery is great for that. And Fresh Time happens to be Chicago-based, where I'm located. It's a smaller chain. And so that's kind of just, it was a a good foothold. As for the Core Power, I've always been a a huge Core Power fan. I go there. I've been going there for like 20 years. It's embarrassing. I've been going there for so long. So I just knew that brand because I'm I'm like a user of it. And I know Vitamines, love Vitamines. I'm like, these two go together. People that are doing like holistic yoga practices, they, they're generally people that are thinking about their nutrition and wellness and, and trying to be more preventive with that kind of stuff. Vitamin E's is a great fit there. So honestly, I just, it's just a personal thing and I'm still feeling out like, how is that, how is that working? Is there like a good foothold then with fitness that I can build off of? Makes complete sense. And how do you think about, you know, the makeup of your, you know, channels going forward? I would love the brand to be 50-50 online and and retail. I don't have like a very, very specific breakdown on that. Obviously for me, I would love for people to come to my website instead of Amazon because then I know who they are. I can talk to them. I can email them. There's no visibility on Amazon. I don't even know who my subscribers are. From Amazon, someone and they'll say, Oh, I'm on a subscription. I'm like, You are? I thought I knew all my subscribers. So that side of things, I would love people to leave my website. But again, I use Amazon. Everyone uses Amazon. It's so convenient. So it's like, whatever, you know, get it where you want to get it. On the retail side, I think there's a great opportunity in grocery for people that are doing their grocery shopping, whether that's like in mass or grocery. But I, long term, I would love to see vitamin E's in convenience because it is such a great grab and go. It's a great impulse item. Like how amazing if at every, you know, checkout, you didn't just see five hour energy, you saw vitamin E's. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. Makes complete sense. So I know I like to ask all of my guests about, you know, a specific topic that they feel either boldly or passionately about. So would love to hear your thoughts on this. Just any topic related to like starting a company or? It could be anything. It could just, it could be personal. It could be anything. Oh gosh. Well, I don't know, but I would say like on this topic of starting a company, I think when I started, you hear all these cliches about building a business. And I know you have been in this space, so you're, maybe you'll resonate with this. It's like, just stick to it. Never give up, you know, believe in yourself, blah, blah, blah. That meant nothing to me when I started Vitamines. I was like, what is all this kind of cliche, whatever. But now I have a new perspective on it. And I think 
the part that I didn't understand before is, you know, when I heard this before, like never give up, I thought, well, you know, if you don't have a great idea or your business isn't working, you do have to give up. Like this is not working, right? Like why would you tell someone never give up? But now what I understand is every setback that you come up against is actually a signal of how you should pivot and change. Mm. And I probably face every single day something that I could look at and say, I should just give up. Like, oh, I got a bad review or I got rejected by this retailer. This person doesn't want to invest or like whatever it is, like literally every day. And early on, I would think like, oh, maybe this isn't a good idea. Like maybe this isn't working. But now I realize like you got to take all those signals and and use them as learnings. So I'm lately feeling quite passionate about that. And I love to kind of help other entrepreneurs because I just remember what it felt like in the early days. There's so many obstacles, so much uncertainty, so many naysayers. Literally no one in the early days is going to hear your business idea and say, that's a great idea. You should do it. I mean, maybe they will, but most people are like, oh, I don't know. What about this? What about that? So I just like to like offer that perspective because I think it's hard when you're in those early days to keep that in mind. But, and honestly, I mean, I'm still in the early days, so it's not like I have it all figured out at this point. (laughs) What, what kind of gives you the like conviction to keep going? It's, It's interesting. I would love to say I just have this like just determination and I just am so certain all the time, but it's not true. Like sometimes it can be a variety of factors. You know, like for example, when I knew I needed to get into retail to get scale, I got rejected by many, many retailers. I actually got rejected by Fresh Time. I applied to Fresh Time at headquarters, got rejected. I kind of networked with a couple of people there. They were like, listen, sorry, can't help you out. Then I ended up going to my local Fresh Time and I had to visit there six or seven times to get the guy to like actually give me a chance in that store. And then I built up from there. So my point is nowhere along that line was I like, oh, you know, I will, this will happen. Like I, the whole time I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm never going to get it. But I, I knew I had to figure out something. I knew if I didn't get into retail somehow, I wasn't going to, this wasn't going to work. I needed the scale. And so it's like every, so I just was like, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? So I say that because it's not like, I think it's easy to look at entrepreneurs and think they just know and they're so certain all the time. It's not that. The other thing I was going to say is I'm a solo founder and I put my own money into starting this business. Now I have some friends and family invested. But when you have invested a bunch of your own money into something, you cannot just walk away from it. Like there are definitely times where I literally wished, I wish I could just undo and walk away. This is so hard. This is not working, but you can't, you can't very easily. Like I'd have to look my husband in the eye and be like, sorry, you know? So that's the other thing is I think like at some point you're in it and you just have to keep trying and trying and trying until all doors are closed and maybe just try one more time. But sometimes it's a little bit more out of necessity than it is like some noble cause. Was there something when you were selling online that, you know, obviously not scale, but just more customer reception that you knew that you had something here? Yes and no. I definitely had many people said that they liked it, but I also had many people give me constructive feedback. So I actually reformulated after my first round because some of the early reviews on Amazon said that the product was sour. So like I had a small batch that people said was sour. So in my next batch, I reformulated it to change the flavor. So, you know, that it was like I was getting bull signals. I had some reviews that were like, this is amazing. It's so tasty. You know, I, my whole family was sick, but I took vitamins. I didn't get sick or like this really helped my IBS symptoms. I get those reviews, but I also get a lot of reviews that are like, this tastes like crap. This is expensive. No, literally. I mean, it's like people are brutal. So there were some signals, but again, this comes back to the mindset because you could have looked at that that roster of reviews and you could either say, this isn't working, I'm going to give up. 
Or you could say, maybe I'll just try it a little differently. I'll do something a little more this way, whatever, because both signals were there. Okay. Well, so for everyone listening, is it kind of, is like the message just like, if you believe in something, you, like you actually just have to, it, there's it's a roll of the punches because it's, it is freaking hard. I think hard. so. Yeah, I think so. It's like, just get started. Put something out there. There's no such thing as perfection. You're going to get smacked in the face a few times. And the cliche thing, I said, everyone says it, but like, don't give up, you know, take those signals, work with them. I think the whole believe in yourself thing to me is more like when you get negativity, learn from it as opposed to taking it personally and and, and reading too much into it. Yeah. I've also heard from people that, you know, I really like that you said just put something out there because don't wait too long for it to be perfect to put something out there too. I've heard an expression, like if you're not embarrassed by your first product you put out to market, then you've waited too long. And I think that that's totally right. Like you need that feedback loop. And so, uh, you know, hearing that that is something that you've really implemented in your business as well. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I like cringed when I first like posted, like it's out there, here it is. And like I said, I changed the formula. I changed the packaging. I changed almost everything about, I changed the positioning. I wasn't for kids anymore. I've changed almost everything about that first product. But if I had never put that first product out, then I would be nowhere. Yeah, makes complete sense. Okay, moving to our lightning round. Favorite omni-channel brand? Ooh, on this one, I'm gonna have to go with Lululemon. It's a little cheesy, but I love the whole yoga thing. I do love it. What is something you wish you could change about our industry? The consumer packaged goods industry? Mm Mm-hmm. I would say I would love to make it more innovative. You know, coming up with new stuff is really hard to break through. Favorite podcast? I do not listen to podcasts. I don't. You could be my favorite. You can be my new favorite one. Right. I, I'm more of an audiobook person. Okay. Favorite newsletter? I have been loving Megan Lyons, Lyons Share, Lyons Share Wellness. She's actually a Harvard alum and she has a great newsletter, including a lot of tips and educational info. So I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend that. Favorite social media channel? Ooh, I don't know. You mean like actual content creator? No, just the channel. Where am um, I? Oh, I'm on Instagram with all the other middle-aged ladies, unfortunately. But I am really trying hard to get on TikTok. So yeah. I try to go there sometimes. But you know why I don't go on there? It sucks you in and then you lose hours. It does suck you in. Like, but it is, yeah, it serves you some good content. Exactly. Favorite book, since you're an audiobook lady. Oh, gosh. There's so many to choose from. Oh, that's really tough. I mean, I recently reread Lonesome Dove, which is a great classic. So I'm just going to go with that one. It's a really, really good book. What's it about? It's about like these cowboys and the Wild West and kind of breaking ground. And it's like a very old world story, but it's also about like strength and resilience. And you're definitely going to cry. So get your tissues ready. But it's a great book. (laughs) Um, A favorite event that you're planning to go to this year? I'm only going to Expo East this year, so I cannot wait for that. My only event. So that's next week. Hopefully I can come to your event there. Yeah. Happy hours. Send you the invite. (laughs) Leslie, it was so great hearing your story. Where can our listeners connect with you? We're on Instagram and TikTok at Vitamin's Brand. We have our website, vitamin'sbrand.com. You can find us on Amazon. Vitamin's sometimes autocorrects to vitamins or the big brands buy it as a typo. So you have to put in Vitamin's juice, but we are there. And yeah, you can also just reach out. Any of the emails that you send, any of the DMs, I'll probably see. So Awesome. Well, thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you liked this podcast, 
Follow me and The Bridge page on LinkedIn and Twitter for hot takes and tactical advice. If you really loved today's episode, we'd love a review on the podcasting platform of your choice, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening.